How's it going? <laughs> Fixing to be a lot better, man. Welcome to Dazed and Confused 33 and a Third. I'm Jarf, and we are back for track 27, Cherry Bomb, and we have a great guest. They are a fellow Scavengers Network podcaster. Welcome, Az. Hey, what's going on? Glad to be here. Glad to have you. And what's going on is we are going to talk about more fun at the Moon Tower. So track 27, I mean, this is one of the quirks of doing it song by song. It's Mm. super short. It's like 30 seconds long. So this song is not in the movie a ton. But... We do get some vintage Parker Posey shenanigans, and Mm -hmm. it starts with Pink shaking his head after his exchange with Benny, and it ends with Darla pushing Simone back onto the ground and doing her classic Parker Posey laugh. Yep. So I wondered, was there a moment in this brief scene that spoke to you? I mean, yeah, actually. Just the, the whole idea of, you know, being out with your friends in high school, just drinking up a storm, no no adults around at all. It was very reminiscent of an experience that I had in high school, which was uh, was pretty fun. It, it took me back to the good old days, you know. It, it may not shock you to hear that back in the day, I wasn't a huge party animal. So the first time that I, I ever really like drank and got drunk was at my senior prom weekend. And... This is a great story. We had purchased a handle of vodka months in advance that was supposed to be for my friend Tommy. He had started it and nearly finished it, and we brought it to prom weekend, and we were like, or my friend James put it down and was like, this is for Tommy. Nobody else can touch this. I'm going to put it here. Tommy has to finish this. I don't now, know why it up. was. Yeah. Where, where was prom weekend? Was this like? This was at the Jersey Shore in a hotel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, real great times. So he put it down on the shelf and then immediately everybody left the hotel room except for me. So of course, what did I do? I finished the handle of vodka. Well, sure. Yeah. It was the drunkest I I think I've ever been in my life. There was a good amount of vodka in there and, uh, I just kind of ended up slumped on the hotel staircase, just laughing at everybody who would come by, you know, having having my own great time. And this scene where, uh, what was what was the first girl's name, who who comes up and falls over? That's Darla. Darla. When when Darla just walks up and just immediately like doubles over like on the ground, and they all just start laughing. That was specifically what brought me back to this. Is just everyone is drunk and having a good time. It's it's definitely not their first time unsupervised, but you know just. Having a great time with your friends unsupervised and just being stupid. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely feel that. And so you talked about you slumped on the steps, laughing at everything. Mm -hmm. And then Darla's kind of doing the same thing. She is having her own ball and laughing. And what really tickled me is that she's doing that like, wah ha 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 And then there's a point where it kind of goes up to another level. Yeah. And it was, I just interpreted that as Parker Posey really leaning into it. I thought that it worked for the scene because she's, she's... just laughing herself silly. Yes, exactly. So yeah, that's the thing mm-hmm. that stood out to me. So I wanted to also talk about the song and 
whether you thought the song enhanced or detracted from the scene, but I thought I might pull in this other element. Mm-hmm. So way back in an early episode, our fellow Scavengers Network podcaster, James Anderson, friend of the show. Love that he, guy. Me too. So he mentioned how Cherry Bomb, and he was quoting someone, how Cherry Bomb is sometimes used in movies instead of giving a character a backstory. Specifically, mm. like a lady character. So yeah. apparently, this is like a trope. He didn't feel like that's what was happening here, but I'm just kind of curious. So this is this is a scene with Darla and Simone, and we've got Cherry Bomb. So I'm just, how do you think it works overall, and how do you think it relates to that trope? I like the use of Cherry Bomb in this scene a lot, partially because it's just a great song. I've always loved the song Cherry Bomb. I I heard it a lot as a kid because my dad played a lot of, like, that style of music when I was growing up. But I think, like, me rediscovering it when it was in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going on some playlists. So I'm a big Cherry Bomb fan. Something that this movie does with songs a couple times that I really enjoy is that it seems like it picks out certain parts of certain songs so that the lyrics almost match up to what's happening you know i and not a lot of movies are that specific when they they put a song on the soundtrack but i i noticed it more than a few times when i was watching this which by the way i watched it for the first time for this podcast i don't know if i mentioned that and i had like a roller coaster of emotions going through it but i really ended up enjoying it by the end but cherry bomb in this scene there's the line that's like all the old all the old people saying that i'm a fool right as she falls over i (laughs) She I looks did like not a fool. That. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I I really appreciated that in the moment. And I, I think that it's I, I would agree with James that it's not being a character's whole backstory here. It's just like a good song to party to, I would mm-hmm. say. So like I pictured this as like they're definitely not at this party with no music playing. I pictured this is actually the song that was playing while they were, you know, doing this. So, and it just yeah. happened to work out that way. Like, I think it was more of a, a scene enhancer ambiance thing rather than a, a character choice. Yeah. I thought that the way that it's playing in the scene is true to the roots of the song. Cause the song is all about this brash sexuality And being uninhibited and not giving a fuck. And that's exactly what they're doing here. Versus if you're just using it in a rom-com and that is your way of saying, and now the lady is badass. Mm -hmm. So I think think that would be that trope. And this is not that trope. Yeah, for sure. This is just three people having fun, you know? Yeah, And Pink, you know, getting over the talk that he just had. (laughs) Yes, Pink's got a lot on his mind. Yeah. And it sounded like you had a lot on your mind your first time of watching this. So do you want to talk about the roller coaster? Oh my god, yeah. So, (laughs) starting off, I knew nothing about this movie. I did not know what to expect. But I knew that Wahlberg was in it. And, um... Is is that the right person that I'm thinking of? I'm not sure who No, not Wahlberg. Uh, McConaughey. Mark Wahlberg? Yeah. No. Matthew McConaughey. Why did I mix those two people up? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just said a name. That's weird. Um, And uh, Ben. Now I'm picturing Mark Wahlberg as (laughs) Wooderson, and it's so bad. (laughs) How do you like them apples? (laughs) 
um yeah i i just knew that the two like big names who are like still current like stars who were in this and i knew nothing else going into it the other one being ben affleck yes yeah okay so I started watching this movie and almost immediately I was like, oh, okay. It's like the, the seniors are, are hazing the new freshmen. I get it. You know, it's this, and thinking the whole time I was like, okay, this is just to like set the scene, set the tone for the whole movie. And then I kept watching it and I was like, hmm, 15 minutes of this, 30 minutes of this, 45 minutes. Of, is this a movie about bullying? Is this a movie about seniors hazing freshmen? Is that the whole thing? And at that point, like at, at like the 45 minute to an hour mark, I was like, who is this movie being made for? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I like, you know, I, I'm at the time, I'm sure that this was just normal stuff that happened. But looking back on it, like from my high school experience now, I'm like, wow, if somebody did this to me, I would want them expelled from school. Like... <laughs> And I'm sh- I'm sure that you know deep down all these kids wanted that, but it's it was a ritual at that point, and it's like oh you can't interrupt the ritual, blah blah blah. But yeah, that that really s- sat with me in a weird way that a lot of this movie focused on hazing and bullying, and I was just like this is a lot to take in. I think that if I hadn't rented it off of YouTube and only had a 48 hour rental, <laughs> I um I definitely would have broken up my watch between two days yeah but i watched it all in one sitting but by the end of it when like they started partying and everything i was like okay i I get what this story is trying to tell now it's it's a slice of life kind of a thing Mm -hmm. specifically when uh, the guy who hangs out with uh with tony rap all the time the other guy when he starts fighting the the guy at the the moon party that's Mike Newhouse. Mike, yeah. When he, when he just like gets, he lets that guy get under his skin and everything. I was like, oh, this is like. I, I started to realize that everyone is showing their vulnerability in different ways, and it's it's kind of about just being a kid in high school in the time and the different kind of like, not adversaries, but like the hardships that you would face in that scene. Yeah, yeah, the hardships you would face, the different insecurities. Mm-hmm. And the feelings of restlessness, yeah, are the big themes that I see. And then there's a strong streak of anti-authoritarianism, which I love. Yeah, I adored that. Yeah, I love that too. And we said that Pink has a lot of his on his mind because he just had this conversation with Benny, and that's that's what he's torn about because mm-hmm. he is heading in this other direction where he wants to reject the sobriety pledge and then the coaches and the administration and all those adult authority yeah. figures were pulling him in the other direction. And now now it's gotten even worse because his bud, Benny, is siding with the coaches. But yeah, so I like that that is a strong theme. And what, for me personally redeems the fact that there is so much of the hazing in the first and into the second act is the transition the two characters Mitch and Sabrina go Mm -hmm. through where they have an upperclassman then take them under their wing and it's like okay we're done with that now and now I'm going to kind of show you the ropes of what it's like hanging out with upperclassmen. I really appreciated that and uh, the scene where where Mitch's two friends 
dump i think it's a bucket of paint on on the upperclassman's head uh-huh. like that was a very redeeming scene to watch as well i was like all right he's getting what's coming to him i i love that yes and especially because he was the worst of the guy hazers so so that was really <laughs> that was nice to see and i shared because i was talking about how okay both Mitch and Sabrina have someone take them under their wing and one of the things that i thought earlier in the movie is I really wish we saw more of more of Sabrina's side of that because Mm -hmm. it does more so focus on Mitch and I recently was introduced to a deleted scene that actually has a little bit more of the Jody Sabrina mentoring so if you happen to remember a time when four of the girls are just hanging out at the Emporium and they're like flicking bottle caps or something. Yeah. And acting really bored. So there's a deleted scene where another girl comes up and she has just lost her virginity. And so they're talking to her about that and they're like, oh, no way you did it. Oh my God. And so Jody is standing next to Sabrina and everything that this other girl says, Jody turns to Sabrina just to see how she's absorbing it. So you can kind of see how she's very attentive to this young girl and kind of saying like, oh, I bet that's really a lot for her to hear because she's a freshman. And so I really wish that that was in the movie because it would have been a nice... Nice parallel to the the whole take you under your wing. Absolutely. I I actually, I agree with you on that. I adore that idea. That sounds like a big moment for the girl who, you know, lost her virginity. She's very excited to be talking about it. But for Sabrina, that's a whole new world. And it sounds like, you know, it would be very nice to have someone like Jody take you under their wing. And I, I, I was very big into that idea uh, when I was in high school myself. I actually, he was, it wasn't like a freshman senior thing, but I, I knew this guy who was two classes underneath me. And uh, when when he got to high school, I, I took him under my wing as best I could. And I, I feel like I did a lot of the, the same kind of things where like as, as far as I could do, because I was, you know, a nerd and didn't party a lot. But I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I got him to join some clubs and stuff. And like we eventually went to the same college together. And I'm actually meeting up with him later tonight to go to karaoke at a bar. So oh, like awesome. I, I love that kind of relationship between like. You know, a a mentor who's only slightly older than you, you know? Yeah, but at that age, high school, just two, three years is a huge goal. It's all the difference in the world. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of your high school, if they made a movie about your high school days, what song would play on the soundtrack in your version of the scene, which I guess is... Is me on the stairs. I guess on the stairs, right? Yeah. So I thought long and hard about this question and i came to a conclusion that even though it's a little bit before my time uh like i was at in high school in like the early 20 teens i think that something by simple plan would would play and originally i i went with the song i'm just a kid but that's more of like a downtrodden like oh i'm just a kid life is a nightmare you know like that's not the vibe for this scene so i think that the song that i eventually landed on was um i do anything just because that's that's like a really good pump up song and i also just personally really love it especially right at the chorus when they hit that i do anything and the harmonies at that point and i wrote this letter 
I think that that would just be a song that I would want to have playing while I'm in that inebriated state at a nice party. Nice. You got to have a pump up song. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And for me, like Simple Plan's entire discography, I really, I really love them. Cool. Well, how about the fashion? And since we have such a brief scene, zoom (laughs) out. Doesn't have to just be the scene. Yeah, I was hoping you would say that because I I have some thoughts and feelings about the fashion in this movie. Oh, good. (laughs) Share them. Yeah. So first of all, the person who who stands out most to me 100% is Slater. Slater is just absolutely iconic and the the way that he he, like you know the stoner dress you know Mm -hmm. he's got that hat on the whole time he's got the the shirt with literally a a weed leaf right on it Mm -hmm. um he you know he's leaving nothing up to anybody call it a weed leaf (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm a i'm a narc that's my thing so um (laughs) As is the cops. No, don't say that. I'm no. <laughs> Listen, I I work as a security guard at Best Buy, and that's the closest to cops I'll get. Um, <laughs> but oh my god, I really I really love Slater. I think that Slater is how I would have wanted to. Well, Slater's the closest to basically how I did dress in high school. Just like a jeans and a t-shirt, and I would wear a hat if I could get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, and like very like baggy. Absolutely. Yeah. My my iconic high school outfit included it was it was deep blue jeans. Uh I would wear a lot of superhero t-shirts and I had this like really ugly brown baggy jacket that I would wear every single day. And I feel like that's just like the most Slater-ish. Yeah. It's also got a Freaks and Geeks vibe. Like Absolutely. Cardellini, Freaks and Geeks. Mhm. Yeah. But I will say Which that I love, that... so I'm not complaining. Of course. The, the fashion that I appreciated most out of the, the male cast of the movie, because that's mostly what I was focusing on, because that's how I dress. Um, mm-hmm. So I really like the way that Tony dresses, because he's, he's kind of well put together. Like, he's got those those nice, like, they're not khakis, I don't think, but they're, like, a nice colored pant, and he's got, like, a, a button-down shirt on the whole time. That's He's leaving a couple buttons undone at the top. He just looks very put together and like out of all of the characters in this movie i was like i think that you know tony has probably the the most successful future ahead of him cool it's a 70s you gotta you gotta leave a couple unbuttoned yeah a lot of that just came from the way that he dressed like even down to like the wristwatch like he just looked like you know he was a professional yeah absolutely i'm glad that tony's style is getting some love yeah, he hasn't absolutely. gotten a ton of love for his fashion in particular in the podcast. So <laughs> Tony was, I'll say it, my favorite character in the movie. I really liked Tony a lot. How did you feel about the Tony-Sabrina relationship, though? I thought that it was a little iffy. I thought it would have been a little more iffy if he was, you know, not a rising senior. Like, the age gap is a little bit smaller, but, you know, it. like you said before, it's between a freshman and a senior, that's a large age gap. Mm-hmm. So 
I the way I'm seeing it is this is like Tony, you know, he's kind of a dork. So that's that's the impression that I get from him. So I'm th- I'm seeing somebody who this is maybe like his second or third time really letting loose, you know? Like he hangs out with with the, that crowd and everything, but I feel like he's getting in a little over his head there, like he's kind of going a little crazy. I didn't so much approve of the Tony and Sabrina relationship. Okay. So I think that I thought it was, you know, sweet the way that he was looking out for her and stuff, but it just something about it didn't sit right with me. <laughs> well, I, I think that's valid. And I talked about this a little bit earlier. One of the things that I saw in an earlier script was, so do you know who Cynthia is? Red hair. Oh, yeah. She's part of there. So mm-hmm. in an earlier draft, it said, Cynthia has a thing for Tony, but she's never told him. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That's where I thought that the script was going, honestly. Okay. Um, I, like, I don't know. I just had some kind of intuition where I was like, oh, you know what? Cynthia with either of these two guys, I think that that would be, you know, a a good matchup. And then, you know, Cynthia kind of leans into uh, taking care of the the other guy after he, you know, gets his ass kicked. So I, I then... I was just like, oh, she's, you know, more of a caretaker friend to him. So that just left Tony in my mind. And I was like, they would be good together. But instead, she she hen- she ends up with... Um, with Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah, Wahlberg. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Which, that's a whole other can of worms. That dude's straight up shitty. Can I say that on this podcast? Oh, yeah. All right, cool. That dude's shitty. I hated him. He is a pedophile. Yeah, I mean, he is an adult. Yeah. So it's... You're right. I mean, Tony's probably 17, so older than Sabrina. Right. But but not an adult. But and, and not in like <laughs> an illegal way. He already graduated. He's just he's just sleezing around. Yeah. Like nowadays people who do that are they're like you see them as deadbeats. Like it wasn't it's not cool anymore and I don't know why it was cool then. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because if you separate that out and I know that you really shouldn't, but I do actually, for me, I prefer Cynthia flirting with some other guy other than these two guys that are for her friends. I like them just being friends. Yeah. And I like just, and if you're looking at this purely from her perspective, it's just a cute guy is paying attention to her. Shouldn't yeah. really because he's an adult and she's a child, but mm-hmm. I like that the story goes with like, oh, some other, you know, she's friends with them and then... Like, oh hey, I'm I'm interested because this cute guy is yeah. working with me. I do like that interpretation actually, because I think that there should be not to be, you know, heteronormative or whatever, but I think that seeing healthy friendships between, you know, men and women on screen really promotes the fact that men and women can be friends and it doesn't always have to be focused on like a relationship or sex or whatever. So I, I would agree with you in that interpretation, actually. I, I really like that, even though I just said I like Tony and Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so persuasive. <laughs> I, I won you over to my ship. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, I mean... The other thing that I was thinking about Tony, I think the most interesting relationship that Tony has is with Mike and mm-hmm. and the way they kind of play off of each other with Mike being so cynical and always wanting to complain and Tony kind of balancing that out. And so would you agree that their relationship is the most interesting one that Tony has or is it more how the three of them work? I will say I do like the three of them, like their little friend group together. It, it 
immediately felt very close-knit and already established. Like, from the first scene that they're all together, I was like, oh, okay, these are people who have been friends for probably their entire high school career, Mm -hmm. this and that. But Tony and Mike specifically, I... I always think that um, that opposites attract, I think, and that even in just a friendship, I think that Tony and Mike's friendship is beneficial for both of them. I think that their very different worldviews are probably influential to each other, whereas, you know, you said Mike is more cynical, and I think that Tony needs somebody in his life, probably, who is a little more cynical, because he seems like a very, you know, chipper, happy-go-lucky kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, somebody to, to level him out. I think that they, they definitely would do that for each other. I certainly have some some friendships in my life that, you know, are, are still going from high school that are very much the same way of... We're not very similar in our mannerisms, but it works, because we make a nice balance yeah and that said though to your point about the three of them working as a group i think there is something to that because i think that sometimes tony and cynthia need to be able to when mike is really getting super complainy they need Mm -hmm. to be able to look like sidelong at each other like oh my god there he goes again Staring so, at the camera like they're on The Office. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, when you said that opposites attract, just to show how doing a song-by-song podcast and examining every needle drop can really <laughs> ruin your brain, part of my brain was listening to you, and the other part was needle drop of opposites attract by Paul Abdul. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay that you just have music on the mind all the time. I've got music on the mind all the time. That could be a lyric in itself. It could be. All right, all right, all right. So, well, how about you? Is there anything that you wanted to plug before we wrap up? Oh yeah, so... My two big things on the the Scavengers Network are I host a podcast with Colin Parker, who I'm sure we're familiar with, Tay and Sid of The Lost Years, and Dan Spencer of uh, many projects on the network, Uh, most notably, I think, Frankenstein's Jukebox right now. We do a podcast. Yes, they guested and, and Colin guested as well. Yeah, so we do a podcast, The Five of Us Together, which is a yearly rewatch and appreciation podcast for the movie Space Jam. That drops every year on Michael Jordan's birthday, which is in early February. I don't remember the exact date right now. Oh, is um, that the reason for the date? Okay, I yep. could never. I thought it was just because <laughs> of snips. Okay. No, yeah, it's uh, it's a hundred percent. We picked Michael Jordan's birthday. <laughs> How appropriate. Yeah. So episode two, it's coming out next February. It's a great podcast to catch up on because there's only one episode right now. Uh, and the other thing that I do Wait, is... Did you give the name? I think I might have... Oh, I think uh, I talked over you when you were about to. 
It's called It Jams for Thee, because we yes. end every, every episode by saying, ask not for who the space jams, it jams for thee. <laughs> there it is. Okay, I wanted that part too. <laughs> yes. And I also, I do a lot of work on the Scavengers YouTube channel. Uh, if you want to see me eat a bunch of chicken sandwiches and other fast food things, I have a lot of, we call them the fast food files on the Scavengers Network YouTube, along with a, a lot of other great stuff, including our Snips shows are going to be uploaded there pretty soon. The Scavengers Network Indie Podcast podcast showcase where a lot of uh people on the network and friends of the network came on to do live versions of their shows for a live audience and we recorded them and we're gonna upload them for posterity okay cool cool you know i was thinking about the whole Wahlberg thing and i wonder (laughs) if it's because ben affleck is in this and that's that was like the association i think that's exactly what it was and i just said the one name that wasn't actually in this one (laughs) right i'm the worst with celebrity names also so that could just be it i am infamous for saying oh yeah i know them they were in this other thing and my wife is like not the same person you always do that they are two Mm -hmm. different people yep what are you gonna do but thank you so much for joining this has been a blast oh yeah i had a ton of fun and i'm glad that we got you to check out the movie for the first time. Oh, yeah. I might actually recommend it to somebody else now because I know somebody who loves these kind of like high school movies. Like specifically, I think of like not another teen movie or whatever that's called. But I know somebody who loves these. So I'm going to recommend it. Cool. Share the love. Share the love. Not to worry. There's a new fiesta in the making. Join us at the Moon Tower, our Facebook listeners group. Until next time, just keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.